0: He says, I will stand upon my watch and I will set upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tablets that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry. This is our worst thing to ever hear. Wait for it. Because it will surely come and it will not tarry. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, keep that in your... and flip over just one more to Habakkuk 3. And we're going to read verse 2. He said, O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, and this is my text this morning revive your work in the midst of the years in the midst of the years make it known in your wrath remember mercy amen let's pray father we come to you in the name of Jesus we ask for your holy anointing God on myself and on your people Lord your word says it's the ability that you give no flesh glories in your presence I need you today God Lord, we don't want to hear another sermon. Lord, we want you to change our hearts. We love you, God. We praise you. I thank you for your goodness and your spirit that we felt. We love you and praise you. In Christ's name, amen. Put verse uh, Habakkuk 2, 1 up. I'm going to read it one more time, okay? He says, I will stand upon my watch and I will set upon the tower and I will watch to see what he'll say unto me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. Now, I want to tell you something. I want you to keep this in your mind. He's thinking that when God shows up, there's going to be a reproving. I want you to see this. Habakkuk's mind was not in the right spot. I I want you to see this. This seems so trivial, but it's so important that if you don't get your mind in the right spot when God comes to talk to you. Hey, Peter thought he was going to get in a whole lot of trouble in John chapter 21. And when the Lord showed up, he didn't say, you curse me, Peter. He said, do you love me, Peter? Get the right mindset and it'll take us a lot farther. God is not about reproving us. Does he reprove us sometimes? Yes, but man, he doesn't do it the way that we do it. A lot of times I found out, Brother D, he overloads me with mercy and I fall deeper in love with him, not because of his hand of wrath, but because of the love of God. Amen? Amen. Verse 2, look at verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that, he may, um, that runs, reads it. For the vision is for an appointed time, but the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. But it will surely come and it will not tarry. Um, behold, his soul which is lifted up, not upright, but, um, and this is the last part I left off. The just shall live by faith. Amen. Now, 3 1, and I'll, I'm, we'll, we'll preach. 3 2, I'm sorry. And he says, O Lord, I've heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. Now keep that up. So all of a sudden, he says, I'm going to stay faithful, and I'm going to stand on my watch, and I'm going to ask God where the direction's coming from. What's the vision? What's the direction? Listen, you've probably been here today. I think last Sunday was the 16th year that we've been here. And you've been here and you've heard the same things and you go through the same process and you know, well, it's just going to be service and maybe it'll be good and maybe it won't. Maybe it'll be like this morning, but once again, maybe everybody stayed up too late late watching Devontae Wilder knock some guy out and you never know what's going to happen, right? And so he says, I'm going to give you this vision, I'm going to get, there's been a vision cast over our church. The vision is God is raising up this church to prepare His people for the last days. That's the vision. That's what we're working towards, getting the body of Christ prepared and ready for the last days. I don't know about you, but He's coming. Amen. It's kind of like hide-and-go-seek when we were kids. 9, 10, 11, what did you say? Ready or not, here I come. That's the cry that's about to go out. God's about to say, ready or not, here I come. So he gets this vision, and he hears this vision, and he writes it down. And all of a sudden, a chapter later, which was years later, not just a chapter later, he says, you got to revive us in the middle of working. it, It has to be you. So you can put that down. So this year, starting at the new year, I looked back on last year and said to my wife, I coasted. I gave myself excuses. I lost my father-in-law. We had some issues personally where we couldn't get pregnant. We've had all these things going on, and I checked out. I got discouraged. Service is service as usual. You ever been on the worship team? When you're on the worship team, you play together, you're like, well, we're just playing songs, where we're just doing this, Well, we're just doing this, and I coasted. i am just be honest with you. And all of a sudden... Something happened to me in a service that I believe that God, I've been living through it now for about two, almost three months that is going to happen here. All of a sudden, that scripture that says "Revive me in the midst of the years happened to me. I couldn't get it. Sister Loretta, I could feel that I was losing my drive and my passion. Church didn't mean anything like it used to mean to me before. I used to sing songs about God and it would literally light my soul on fire. And all of a sudden, I just went through the motions because our life is busy and we have these things. But I'm here to tell you today, you listen to me. You can be revived and refreshed in the midst of years, right in the middle of the word. He said, we had a Friday night thing. So I said, God, what are we going to do to get kids in here? You've never, I've never brought a student in this church. I'll never bring a student in this church. It's you. It's always been you. And he began to give us ideas. We begin to have things. We've had new students start to come in. We feel revived again. We were, listen, if you're, I'm telling you, Sundays. Dre's yeah, laughing because it's, it's so in me. I want you to be revived. You'll walk into the same church, sing the same songs, go through the same things, and it'll be totally different to you because there's a heart that's revived and renewed. Amen. Man, I wish you could feel this. I'm believing we're going to leave today, and we're going to skip out of here. We had this service with Team Challenge Wednesday night. They brought their drama team. It was called Soar, and we soared. And then there was a word. I'm telling you, I told Ryan, emailing him Thursday, I felt like I was walking this off the ground. And then Friday night, Brother Littleton brought it, and he said, hey, if you're involved, this does not mean you are committed. I thought, "Woo." Well, I go to church, and I attend this, and I do this involvement, and it's not commitment. All right, I put it up on the website so you could hear it. I said, brother, how long has it been since you've taught? And he said, about two and a half years. And I thought, man, five minutes, you seem nervous for two minutes, and about five-minute mark, the Spirit of God came on him. He got comfortable, put his hand in his pocket, started walking, and I was like, yeah, this is, God's doing something. It's something to be revived about. Amen. Well, we just don't go to Sunday school anymore. Get revived, it'll change. Well, we just don't, okay, I'm gonna leave that alone. (laughs) 2 Kings 6. This is the story. Every time I preach, I ask God to give me a story, whether it's in the Bible or a story somewhere else. And, And this is the story. I told Brother Hank, I was studying and I was done. I even came up here yesterday and I've been thinking about this forever. And I was talking to people and fellowshipping and good to see everybody. I couldn't feel right. I was telling Brother Tim too. And I was like, I need to go pray. And when I went in my office, God reminded me of this story. And it was like the completion of the sermon. So I want to share this with you. It's very short. And then, then I, we'll get out of here. 2 Kings 6, 1 through 7. And the sons of the prophet said unto Elisha, Behold now the place where we dwell with thee, is too straight for us, which means it's too narrow, which means it's too small if you look it up in the Hebrew. Let us go, we pray thee, into Jordan. Take thence every man a beam and let us make us a place where we may dwell. And he said, go you. I'm sorry, I'm fighting this cold, guys, so I'm going to keep drinking water so I don't spit everywhere. And one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with your servants. And he said, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, I think that means cutting down a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee, put it on your hand, and he took it. okay. So this is the perfect story for Revive Me in the midst of years. So they're growing. God's moving in the school of the prophets. They're raising up prophets, the next generation. So Israel walk in righteousness and be taught. And I feel like it's such a picture of our church. We started, we've been growing, we've been booming, everything's going. And all of a sudden it gets too small. We need more of this, we need more of that. And this guy's cutting down trees. He's doing everything right. He's working under the covering of the prophet. Everything is perfect in this scenario until the axe head falls off. And I'll be honest with you. Last year of church for me personally had been like a guy that didn't have an axe head and was taking the handle of an axe and trying to beat down a tree. Can you imagine how tiring that is? Can you imagine how frustrated that is? I see people walk into the church and I look on their face and I see they're feeling the same way I felt. Like I don't have time to barely pray. I barely have time to read the Word. I'm so weary. I'm so tired. Because they're swinging and it's not them. And they think it is. They lost that power. They lost that newness. And listen, you can, man, there's a million points in that sermon right there that I could make. But the one, the simple, let's keep it simple. It took something supernatural to get it back. There's a lot of frustrated people trying in their own righteousness to get it back. It takes a swimming piece of iron to get it back. What did his job do, Brother D? Pick it up. Tonight, or today, when you come to the altar, you know what your job is? Pick it up. That's all you got to do is pick it up. Just come down here and say, God, I'm putting it back on. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by your spirit that we're going to do this. And we're going to accomplish great things. Listen, they kept growing, the school of prophets. God is raising up the 11th hour servants in this church to get us ready to really go where he's destined us for all these years. You know, you, you, you don't have to be a youth pastor long to get it. Once they get saved at camp, and they've no cell phones and no TV, nothing but worship and good preaching, I think we can get the devil saved in camp, it feels like sometimes. God's so real there. And they come back to the real world, and after about a month, the high wears off, and they gotta understand this. You gotta stay revived. You gotta walk in a place of renewing. You gotta walk in a place, the devil could care less about everything you do. He don't want you to keep that fire alive inside you doing and not becoming. That's what's wrong in the church. Bunch of doers, people aren't letting the Spirit of God make them sharp again. Everybody you work with, Jesus Christ puts you there strategically to win them for the Lord. But if you're weary and tired and worn out and griping and complaining, I promise you this, you're not working for the kingdom of God. I'm not saying that to condemn. I'm saying that's where we are if we're not careful. Can you imagine if that servant wouldn't have said anything and went to God and he just kept whacking on that tree with a handle? I feel that silly sometimes. I think, well, I'm just going to. I'm really going to just pray. I'm going to start going up to the church again like me and Brother Jim and Papa did when we first got here. And I'm going to lay before God. And you know what? Everything in the world happens. (laughs) Just like if you ever want to try to go to sleep, people tell me they can't sleep. I'm like, just open your Bible and start reading it. Let the devil just rock you right on to sleep. (laughs) He will. Amen. So I want to show you a couple more scriptures And then I want us to have an altar calm. Sometimes it's not really about what's being said. It's about the demonstrations of the spirit and power that change us. Amen. Amen. Let let me say this. When you get weary, it's where your worship stops and your complaining starts. I'm just going to talk from experience. When you become weary... All of a sudden, everything that you see is the wrong way. I, I thought about how negative. I, I was up here at the altar today. If you don't understand what we do down here, I, it's, it's pretty easy to explain it to you. You just kind of walk out of your place, and you just kind of walk up here to tell God you need a touch. I've heard it called the river. I, I, there is a, there's a river that refreshes. I believe there's a river that comes from the throne of God. And so I was up here just telling him, sometimes you get so cynical and so critical when you're weary because you know where you should be and you don't want to tell everybody you're out of the place, so you start firing bullets at everybody around you. Now, I know none of y'all do that. I'm just saying me. Confession's good for my soul, right? So the weird, the, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that the biggest sign to me that I'm in trouble spiritually and I'm weary is when my mouth, I look back over my mouth. My mouth betrays me every time. My mouth. You know what you can do too? You can do what I did. I say I look back and say, well, when I was 25, 10 years ago, man, my mouth was way out of control. I'm doing pretty good at 35. Then you can kind of pat yourself on the back. And you give yourself these little passes. I mean, once again, I do. Y'all don't, right? Well, God's kind of doing some new things with my mouth. I'm okay. It's okay if I state my opinion about this. You know what I'm doing? What my great-grandmother used to do. Letting it soak. Put that Epsom salt in that bowl and let it soak. If we don't realize we need a renewing or a reviving, we're not going to come down here and know it's only going to be supernatural. That's the word I just kept hearing. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Amen. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't been living like that. Starting about January, something awesome happened and I didn't even know I was living this sermon and God was bringing me through it. The same power. We should, everywhere we go, it should be an excitement again. It's not about emotion, but there's the joy of the Lord is our strength. Everybody knows that, but do we believe that? That we're full of joy. Amen. A couple more scriptures and I'm telling you, we're out of here. Galatians 6.9. We're going to let God work. Paul's writing and he said, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we reap if we faint not. Now Everybody in here knows that scripture. Sometimes we don't apply this scripture to ourselves. Sometimes we're weary because we don't really believe that God's going to answer what we're doing? Right, you can put it down. He told you the answer. If he wouldn't have had to say don't grow weary, if they weren't weary. Right. These were heroes. Right, He's not rotting to the American church of today. Right. That every time something offends them, they go to the next church or the next church or the next church. He's writing to people that have been stoned and beat and cut asunder and can be murdered. And they, in their power with God, he had to say, hey, don't you forget every single thing you do, there's going to be a reward for it. You can sow and sow and sow. You might not see the fruit yet. You listen to me, Women's team Challenge. You get in your Bible. I'm telling you, drill into it. I don't care. Don't compare yourself with every. Well, they're not reading it. You read it. Because when you leave the program, that word is going to keep you. You hear what I'm telling you? It might not seem like it's much now, but you keep sowing into that word and sowing into that world. Second Timothy, he tells them, hey, you know the holy scriptures which are able to save your soul. Get them in your heart. Amen. Y'all don't mind me calling you out, do you? I just feel that. Sow into that word. Know it. Quote it. We put note cards up. Put note cards up. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do what it takes. I have no idea where I was, but weary and well-doing. What happens is is you come to church and you don't see what you want and you you keep throwing and you keep swinging that axe handle and you keep swinging it. And you look back and you see nothing. There's no fruit here. The devil talks to you, by the way, right there. His voice becomes super loud right there. When are we going to realize all he wants us to do is quit? I've heard people teach series on how the devil works. You can't teach series. He teaches it a million ways. All he wants you to do is stop. The end. Just stop. Stop. He wants to steal everything from you and then kill you and then utterly destroy your soul in hell and that's his plan. Whatever he can use to do it, he will do it. So you keep coming to the same church. You keep coming. You keep going through the same thing. Maybe you've been praying for a family member and you've grown weary for praying for them and that weariness leads to disappointment. Disappointment. And disappointment leads to discouragement. Listen, I'm reading the the autobiography of Charles Darwin. <laughs> when, the, when the book came in the mail, Bethany looked at me and like Dominique just did and said, hmm? Hmm. I'm sorry, my cold. If that's gross to y'all, forgive me. But he's, he's reading Charles Darwin. I mean, I'm reading Charles Darwin. And... <laughs> I thought I was going to get this guy that was this God hater. This guy that came up with the evolutionary theory that's leading so many people away. And I got a guy that all of his mentors were believers. I got a guy that had 10 kids and his wife, right? He writes to his wife and says, their 10-year-old daughter gets sick and says, God will heal her god is with us we're putting her in the hands of god doesn't sound like a god hater does it so i'm reading this and i'm like i'm bethany's like what are you doing i'm like i'm telling you god's got me reading this and i saw something and a lot of people in the church are right there the daughter died she died he wrote back to his wife and said i'm not coming to the funeral Why would I give that body back to somebody that I don't believe in anymore? God is dead to me. And he set out to prove that there was another reason that we were created. He calls it the evolutionary theory. All because he was disgruntled. All because he was confused. Listen, sometimes in your Christian walk, it ain't going to make sense. The disciples of John, it's so easy to miss this right there in all the Gospels. They came to Jesus because they beheaded their leader, John. And Jesus withdrew and said, come with me for a season. And he let them heal. You, we skip that. We, we want all the powerful stuff that Jesus did. We miss the Jesus that's here today that wants to take people that are confused. And maybe it don't make sense. And he wants to pull them close. And he wants to heal them. When I'm reading this Charles Darwin, I'm thinking to myself, where is the church? Where are these leaders that were pastors that were his thing to tell him, hey, precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of one of his saints, Where that God is good. And even though your child is in heaven, compared to if we live 120 years, you're going to be with her for 10 billion years and it won't matter. Be encouraged. I know it hurts. Yes, but you've got to keep on keeping on. That's all I want to do today. If you're weary because you, get, you feel like that, it just doesn't make sense. You listen to me. God is good. There's no darkness in Him and there's no turning in Him. He's not cynical. He's not testing you with some evil or tempting you. God is good. Yeah. He has come on this planet that no matter what happens, rain or shine, He will see us through and He wants us to understand it's all about the reaping. We will reap one day. I know people that have lost family members and they embraced it and they embraced God. And you know what they do now? They do 2 Corinthians chapter 1. By the same comfort that God comforted them, they now comfort others. They go to him and say, I know what it feels like to lose a family member before you think they should. I understand what you're going through. But I also understand that God is our rock and he's our salvation and he'll hold us and he'll bring us through it. If you're discouraged today, if everything's not being answered the way you want it to, look up. He's with you. He'll give you your power back. You know what I noticed came back? My prayer life, how you know that you're in a state of revival is when you spend more time praying for others than you do yourself. And all of a sudden, my prayers went from the last year to, oh, God, please help me. I need you. I mean, I'm dying here. To, oh, God, revive us in the midst of the years. Let us walk in the door like Brother D did today. Let's go. I felt like he was a general. I was like, yeah. It's time to do warfare. I'll tell you something. I see a lot of Christians that are holding their shield of faith. And they're saying they're standing on the promises of God. And all they're doing is letting the devil just beat them back, beat them back, beat them back, beat them back, beat them back. I'm holding on to God's word. No, there's a sword. And it's the Holy Spirit's sword. And if you'll get in tune with him, he'll swing this thing. Isaiah 41, 15. This is what God spoke to me in the middle of the transition. I didn't understand what was happening to me. I just felt a newness. I felt in this altar Wednesday night. I have a problem. My personality type is type A when I take the test. And I'm all about the results. And I'm never going to revel in the now that we succeeded. I'm always reveling in pushing people to the next level. Now I push my staff that way. I challenge them to be excellent. I never will stop doing that. But something happened to me in this. I begin to love my staff with a new love. I begin to love God's people. I I felt as I walked down the altars, just such a love for people. I heard that Teen Challenge women don't get steak, and it enraged me. So I set up where we're going to go grill out steaks for them. Amen. (laughs) That'll get you spiritually motivated. (laughs) But all of a sudden, I started looking outside of me and what I don't have and what's not going on, and God will provide. And all of a sudden, I started loving people. I started thinking, listen to me, you might not like what I'm about to tell you, but I started thinking about things I said in my critical dryness about people that I went back to God and apologized to Him. I didn't just say, forgive me for my mouth, Lord. I said, God, when I judge so-and-so, and I spoke out of a dry position of dinners, it's my fault, and forgive me. My mouth is divisive. And I want you to deal with it in a newness. Now, some of you don't like that because you have to admit you're the wrong party. Well, you don't know what they did. You don't know what you did to God. Today, I'm not talking about when you were a sinner. Hey, Amen so this was my scripture that he gave me it's not even 11 30 so we're about to close and y'all gonna be happy some of y'all like you're ready to go you're gonna stand here for 30 minutes and talk which is okay with me because we need each other he says behold it just so happened that i was listening to some worship yesterday while I was studying and it it, it I have it on shuffle on my optunes and it went to a sermon And the title of the sermon, I didn't even know I had it on my thing, was Behold. And he said, any time in the scriptures that you read the word behold, it is like God saying, stop, slow down, open both ears, and get ready to chew this. And I was like, okay, behold. He says, I will make you a sharp threshing instrument having teeth. He didn't say, you will make you He didn't say, you're going to need somebody else to help you, which we do. Don't get me wrong. But God said, you belong to me, and I'm going to make you new sharp instrument having teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and shall make the hills as chaff. Now, none of y'all got excited about that. That's okay, because I had to chew on this for a while. Y'all were looking at me like, threshing instrument? What in the world is he talking? This is confusing. No, it's not really. God came to Israel and said, you are so used to the temple and the sacrifices and the burnt offerings of the red heifer and you're so used to just this, this, this and you just think that's all it is. That's where we are today in the American church. We're so used to it. We just go through the process. He said, I'm going to come and make you new again. I'm going to bring you and you're actually not just going to be somebody that sits a pew. I'm going to use you and swing you in my hand to cut mountains out of the way of people because it's not about you. It's about the people people that you're around. <laughs> Who gets the glory when Brother Hank builds an awesome house? The hammer or the skill saw or, the ha- or Brother Hank? Yeah, come on. When he swings us as hammers in his hands in the lives of people and chops people. And that word new there means ref- uh, refreshing. I looked it up. It means I'm going to make you refreshed again at what you do for God. And I'm going to make you refreshed again in serving the Lord with gladness and coming before His presence with singing. Don't we know those scriptures? Why do you think David had to write them? Because we come to Him sometimes not with gladness. The last few months, God's been stopping me when I walk into His presence to pray. I want to start with my list. Let's just break it out and let's just go through this list. And He says, you got to come to Him with singing. It's a posture of your heart. You gotta be thankful to him. You say, Well, I can't sing that well. Get in the shower, it'll help. (laughs) Give you that natural reverb going on. But sing to him. But it's not just singing to him out loud. It's I thought about it, Brother Hank. Last year, I used to always walk down the halls of this church and hum and whistle. It's a Langford thing, we whistle too much. But whistle, and I thought, I didn't whistle or hum barked I was weary and the devil I really, I really went to my grandfather and said I think my time here is done I'm not effective anymore I really think it's time for me to find where me and Bethany need to go because I would never want to block this church because I love this church I mean, if any place has ever had my heart, this has my heart, the people here. And the answer, Brother Hank, was not to leave, but to be renewed. It's hard for me to talk to y'all like that. Don't think I'm a quitter. I'm not a quitter. I love this church. I don't want to be a block to the body. But the goal was not to get out of the way. The goal is to be healed and get the power back. Amen. Amen there's a power that comes to it the other thing that it did for me is that when you hear others begin to be cynical and negative and critical it should give you a love and an understanding for them start to pray over them God heal them like you healed me God be tender to them like you were tender to me you'll be a different person you'll be new you'll be sharp so I'm going to ask everybody to stand. i the band to come. We got 35 minutes till 12. God can work in 35 minutes. Amen. King David said, Restore to me what? The joy of your salvation. Did he say restore to me the joy of my salvation? We read it that way. It's God's salvation. We should rejoice in what He did. Amen? I don't want to just be just involved. I want to be committed with a freshness. There's ministries that this church needs and all God's waiting on you to get refreshed and renewed. You better be careful coming to our pastor telling him God's laid something on your heart. I love it. I saw Ben Neighbors here Vins in the back. He came in and he sang behind me and he, he moved to this area and he'd been praying for a church. He sang behind me and I was like, this kid can sing. I mean, he can sing. And he said he did and he was like, hey, yeah, I kind of sing. And I said, good. You're going to be singing Wednesday night. What? I said, we'll figure out if you're a devil worshiper later. Just get on the stage. Here's your talent for God. And he laughed. That's kind of, I, I picked that up from him, by the way. I can hear some of you now. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, that means you need refreshing, by the way. Isn't it funny how we feel so entitled to opinions? I'm kind of new to social media lately, and I've noticed that. Everybody feels so entitled to stare their opinion. Okay, maybe not. Sometimes it doesn't really matter about your opinion. It matters about getting in and pushing So we're going to open up the altars and I need you to come down here with me and let's pick up our accent. That's all we have to do. Everything else has been done. Listen, I wasn't, I I used to preach all the time. Well, we don't just lay hands on you and your life's instantly changed. And that is so true. You have to walk it out. But there are special times like what I'm talking about today that I felt like where God can touch you today and you can really walk in a new freedom and a new, in your heart you can be I was glad when they said unto me let's go to the house of the Lord you don't have to make yourself glad it bubbles over amen